say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who wet. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you guys along for the ride. Lots and lots of stuff to get into, and I'm going to try to dig into a couple of stories tonight that you're not necessarily getting enough coverage because a lot of the coverage right now, news-wise, is rightfully directed at the insanity that is the lawfare being used against Donald John Trump, and of course, the fallout from uh, the report about the mental competency of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And uh, then there's some whispers and talking and a little bit of reporting about whether the Senate will actually take up their constitutional responsibility of having a trial in the Senate for the now impeached Alejandra Mayorkas. Uh, we'll see what all goes there, but there's some other important stuff going on. We'll talk about a lot of that. But before we jump into anything, as is the usual arrangement, I do need to remind you that two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a significant blackout. You may very well be among those two-thirds of Americans. You could find yourself sitting in the dark, 
could find yourself cold or maybe too hot for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. And our friends over at Four Patriots, they want to know, are you ready to protect your family? You could be if you have the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, uh, top of the line, brand new. It is the pinnacle of solar power generators, boys and girls. The folks that have already picked up one of these, they'll tell you straight out. If you have a solar generator from Four Patriots, regardless of which one you have, it is worth its weight in gold. This generator in particular, the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, it has double the capacity of its previous iterations. It's expandable, and you can run big appliances like your refrigerator, and you can run for longer than you used to be able to. In fact, you can run it a lot longer than most other solar generators. Other devices, uh, whatever you may need, uh, you can do that too. Electric blankets, check. Microwave ovens, check. RV air conditioners, check. Even electric wheelchairs can be charged up and run using this solar generator. You get 12 outlets with this one, including four AC outlets, you know, so you can power more devices at one time. You get two USB-C outlets, which, you can you know, you can charge your phone about 20 times faster than a regular outlet. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free. It's safe to use indoors. It never needs gasoline. You are good to go. You don't have to worry about the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning. You can bring it in. Look, regardless of how you feel about anything that I've said to this point, over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. You really owe it to yourself to check and find out why, if you're not amongst those 150,000 who already do. Just visit 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. And from there, you'll, of course, be landing on a page that's set aside just for listeners of the show. And it will start you right off with this week's deals and discounts, which is a pretty good place to start your uh, shopping with Four Patriots, whether you're a beginner to the preparedness scene, or if you're fairly well uh, ready for whatever happens, but you're just looking for a few things here and there to add to, to complement what you already have. Either way, it's a great place to start, but you will see at the very top of that page a little tab that will take you to the solar power generators. And that, my friends, is the easiest way to get there. So, with all that being said, one more time I'll remind you, visit 4Patriots, that's the number for, uh, do not spell out the word for, uh, 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. And uh, from there, you're going to be in good hands. All right, so let's jump right in, shall we? First and foremost, thank you so much for being here. Uh, as I said before, greatly appreciate it. But what I do not appreciate is the fact that we have a government that currently, right now, we're in the midst of tax season, right? And we cannot get any type of connection with reality 
from this administration and the way they're pushing forth equity and diversity and and all of these other ridiculous ideologies that have no place in government. None. I mean, I don't care how you feel about it. If you want to study them, if you think they belong in academia, well, you can make the argument about uh, having the conversations, about the philosophies. You can have, as long as you're willing to have an honest conversation, uh, even uh, debate the merits. And, of course, that means that you should also be debating the negative side of it and why other systems may, in fact, be better. If you're willing to do that, fine, whatever. But to implement these things, especially in parts of the government that have no business being concerned about whether or not you're black or white or gay or straight or trans or any other whatever label you want to stick on yourself or stick on somebody else, they should just treat you the same. The IRS is one of those departments. It's one section of the bureaucracy, one part that technically falls under the executive branch that should treat each and every individual the same. You fall into a certain category, uh, tax bracket-wise, and that's how they treat you, based on that and based on current tax law. But no, we can't get that. We can't have it. That's just not the world we're living in under the Biden administration. Now, the diversity, equity, and inclusion training forced on criminal investigators with the Internal Revenue Service featured content from a transgender professor who called for the death of whiteness in an academic journal article. You see why I'm... uh, starting off with this particular topic. This is one that you might hear about somewhere, but they're not going to talk about it very long. And it's just part of the absurdity that we continue to be deluged with. But the criminal investigators for the Internal Revenue Service, the folks that have been hired to come out and audit all of us hardworking, taxpaying citizens, they had to go through mandatory DEI training that was not your standard run-of-the-mill, oh, let's put race first, and oh, uh, people of color can't be criminals, only go after the white people. That wasn't enough. No, they went ahead and used content from a professor who's confused about what sex they happen to be, and in an actual, honest-to-goodness, academic journal wrote an article that literally called for the death of whiteness. That is a quote. I am not exaggerating or making it up. As much as I wish I were. Now, the entirety of the DEI training in question was obtained by Judicial Watch, and it was part of a mandatory continuing education program at the IRS and began with a section by Professor Daphina Lazarus Stewart, Daphina, actually, I believe it is, Daphina Lazarus Stewart, titled, Cultural Inclusion is About Justice. Yeah, uh, dramatic, right? Anyway, Stewart, a 
transgender-identifying woman chairs a department at the University of Denver and has focused much of her academic work on whiteness, even calling on other academics to, quote, commit to the death of whiteness. Now, of course, they're not calling for violence. They're not calling for anything that might instigate uh, slightly unbalanced leftists that might be under their sway to go do bad things. No, no, they're simply talking about all the levers, the levers of power that were built in this country from its inception all the way back in 1619, which are all about whiteness. That, that's the death of whiteness they're talking about, which also still seems kind of violent if you actually go about doing that. It would require completely tearing down every system that this nation is built upon, uh, you know, rather than try to, to tweak and fix where there might be an error, oh, let's just rip it all down and uh, see what happens mentality. Uh, very smart. Uh, these are the people that should be teaching students, right? Uh, young, impressionable minds should fall under the sway of somebody who can't even figure out if they're a guy or a girl. Anyway, Stewart who focuses on, quote, institutional transformation towards realizing equity and justice. No, not equality, and uh, something tells me not actually justice either, but I digress, uh, happens to be the author of an academic article that was called Dead Honky. I feel like I should be talking with... Uh, uh, <laughs> Sherman Hensley, as he's playing one of the favorite roles in American television, George Jefferson, um, dead honking. Against the technologies of white violence. Now, the article calls for critical race theorists to commit to the death of whiteness, even arguing that, quote, whiteness is itself a violence, and asking academics to use the verbal uh, effigy, dead honky. How does somebody like this get a teaching job? Honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to have to say that. This is considered to be intellectual writing. This is considered to be honest academia. I mean, I knew I know we talk about it quite often that the academic conditions and situations of the country are in pretty dire straits, but seriously, the article's name is Dead Honky Against the Technologies of White Violence. It calls for critical race theorists to commit to the death of whiteness. Arguing that whiteness is itself violence. I disagree. Are we capable of having a reasonable, rational conversation about that? Or will you immediately demand my counseling from the culture? I better move on. Uh, the DEI training comes 
as the Biden administration has leveraged the federal bureaucracy to push far-left ideology on race and gender, signing multiple executive orders to institute. Uh, let me try that again. Easy for me to say. Institutionalize critical race theory and radical gender ideologies throughout the entirety of the federal government. Every federal agency, especially the ones that he has direct control of, that fall under the auspices of the executive branch, they're trying to put so much of it in every last possible place they can squeeze it in to make sure that there's no way a sane and rational administration that might come after his can undo the damage. That is the hope, the goal, the agenda that they have. We want so much critical race theory and radical gender ideology in every aspect of what the federal government does. There's no way it can literally do anything else, especially the actual job that it's supposed to. Not that the government's been big on that in a long time, but I digress. The portion in the training from Professor Stewart asks questions like, whose culture in the room is under constant threat? And whose cultural safety is being sacrificed to allow the dominant culture to degrade the subordinate culture? Uh, depending on what room you're in, I don't think you're actually going to get the answers that you want, if, that is, the people in the room are being honest. But I get it. This is part of training. It's DEI training. The questions are rhetorical. They're supposed to plant bad ideas in your mind, and you're supposed to accept them as the reality that you have to operate in if you want to be a criminal investigator for the IRS. Continuing on, quoting here, critical whiteness studies, evidently a real thing, in the field of higher education fails to account for technologies of violence that characterize whiteness and which whiteness employs. I'm not kidding. This is from some of this journal article that's Professor Stewart wrote, uh, continuing here, another quote, uh, I theorize technologies of white violence as enactments of, one, malicious white terror, two, rhetorical white innocence, mobilization through white contempt and white transmission, and three, pacifying white concession. I guess I'm guilty of the second part, so I guess that's me engaging in white violence technology, uh, even though I'm just using, you know, words to make sense. I'm not trying to be malicious, I'm not trying to engage in terror or terrorism, I'm not trying to bully, I'm not trying to threaten, just trying to ask a question in a fashion that allows me to push back just a little bit against which is clearly not intellectual thinking, not academic research, academic study, but is in fact simply a false premise designed to push forth an agenda that allows you to sound like you're smarter than you are and that you're more important than you are simply because you're not white and you're only being held back because you're not white. A false premise across the board, sorry. All of that's a false premise. And I don't even know 
what color this professor is. <laughs> One would assume, from what we've read so far, that the transgendered professor might be a person of color. But as a critical race theorist, it's entirely possible to be a self-hating white. We've seen them before, right? I'll make sure that I find out before we're done with this, <laughs> and we'll cover it. But uh, the article was published in the International Journal of Quantitative Studies in Education. Not real sure what part of any of that was quantitative, but I guess even the international journals these days, because it's studies in education, probably have reduced the level of quantitative evidence required to meet the obligations. I don't know. Also, this same publication published an article in which a different professor called for critical race theorists to, quote, do the work of disrupting, dismantling, and eradicating whiteness. I don't think it's accidental that they use such well, I will politically, diplomatically use the phrase forceful language. But disrupting, okay, dismantling, uh, what do you mean? Eradicating whiteness? Uh, eradicating uh, sounds rather genocidal to me, uh, but again, this particular journal publishes articles concerning uh, issues of racism, including whiteness, white racism, and white supremacy, uh, capitalism, and its class structure, as well as gender identity, heterosexism, and homophobia. Uh, these are all things in their own descriptor of what they publish. Now, Professor Stewart claims in, in a different article that whiteness as an ideology reaches beyond race and racism to shape and reproduce other interlocking oppressive systems working to undermine the success of trans students in U.S. post-secondary education, but yeah, just because you say it doesn't make it true. I'm afraid we're going to need some evidence, something to support this other than just your machinations. And again, I point out the reason we're talking about this verge of insanity stream of lack of conscience is because the IRS had this as part of their mandatory DEI training. Now, the IRS Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, which why does the IRS need an office like this? I don't know. Why does the FDA need a similar uh, office when you should be concerned about the health of everyone? And that doesn't mean that you have to divide someone up here. But again, I digress. The IRS has an office of equity, diversity, and inclusion and is currently led by Chief Diversity Officer Carrie Holland. And while Holland's salary in her role is not yet publicly available, her predecessor, Valerie uh, Gunter, made $200,000 annually 
uh, more than double the average household income, uh, just to sit around and push the DEI agenda, an agenda that is destined to fail and destined to create failure because it ignores the idea of merit and instead focuses only on a person's skin color or their sexual identity. And if you don't check certain boxes in the DEI intersectionality coalition, then you get left out. It doesn't matter how good you are or would have been, and it doesn't matter how unqualified you may be if you check enough of these boxes that they need checked. That's why it's a bad idea and has no place in government. Again, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but just in case somebody's new. $200,000 Valerie Gunter made doing this job. Gunter confirmed in a 2021 interview that her role was responsible for, quote, ensuring training on diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as being the principal consultant on all DEI matters at the IRS, including the DEI training. Seems like a lot of money for what ought to really be kind of a part-time gig. <laughs> With actually really shouldn't be a gig at all, but if if you're going to accept that it's there because it, it is, uh, then at best there's no way that's a full time job. I'm mean, I'm sorry. Uh, even if she was personally traveling to all the different IRS offices across the country and doing individual training, that's still not a full-time job for an entire 365 days a year, and of course 366 days uh, this year, uh, this being a leap year, but uh, again, I digress. Quoting here, we have a diversity and inclusion education program which raises awareness around equity, diversity, and inclusion, focusing on unconscious bias prevention and cultural competency. This, of course, was Gunter. Uh, she said this, adding that the purpose is for managers to identify how DEI concepts appear in real-world working circumstances. Uh, spoiler alert, only if you imagine they do. The training for the IRS agents is one of the latest examples of the DEI agenda being pushed throughout the federal government, as we have already mentioned. We've seen similar programs being carried out in the National Security Association, the NSA. They created a 34-page DEI glossary that endorsed the tenets of critical race theory and gender identity, with definitions for terms like queer theory and white fragility and settler colonialism and transmisogyny. Uh, yeah, that's they're really just twisting words together now. Other agencies in the federal government have funded projects that further gender ideology. Uh, recently uh, discovered uh, by the folks over at Hat Tip to the Daily Wire, uh, the Biden administration uh, is 
fully prepared to pour nearly a million U.S. taxpayer dollars into an effort to make biology courses more inclusive to those who identify as transgender by denying that there are only two genders. Biology courses that deny there are only two genders. Uh, uh, time out, time out, time out. Aren't these the same people that keep telling us to follow the science? Only now they're trying to rewrite what science actually says and does. I, not the first time they've done this, though. Let's move on. Biden's Health and Human Services Department also just so happened to to fund a study on the use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones treatments to the tune of three million U.S. taxpayer dollars, despite transgender children's hospitals admitting that the practice could result in permanent sterilization. Oh, what? There's a possibility it could do harm? Let's waste a bunch of money to do things that we should, through common sense and normal human decency, already know. Because we're Democrats and we're with the government. Look, while various agencies within the federal government have aggressively pushed ideological initiatives under Biden, former Trump administration officials, uh, as well as former Trump himself, former Trump, <laughs> former President Trump, uh, got a little uh, overzealous, have discussed plans to get the administrative state should he be elected in 2024. Some are advocating for a policy called Schedule F, which you may have heard that term. If you haven't, you may very well hear it in the near future. Uh, Schedule F could remove civil service employment protections from unelected bureaucrats like the IRS's Holland empowering the president to fire unelected bureaucrats who may obstruct his policy objectives. Now, look, it's going to be necessary. It's going to be necessary if we're going to clean this up, if we're going to root it out, if we're going to undo the damage that's been done by Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., and, of course, those that are actually pulling the string. It needs to be done. It absolutely needs to be done. And it's not the only thing that needs to be done. But what needs to be done more than anything right now is for me to take the mid-hour break. Because we're already running just a little long. But before we kick into the mid-hour break, I do need to ask you, have you spent any time at all considering using physical gold or silver to help diversify your holdings, uh, to help protect your hard-earned uh, wealth that you set aside for retirement. If you've thought about it, but you're not real sure which direction to go, the best bit of advice I can give you is to call the gold company that I trust, the one that I use, the premier conservative gold company, Harvard Gold Group. Look, I, I know by now you've heard me mention them before. 
got to keep reminding you, they're Better Business Bureau approved. They've got five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and easy to sell. They've got low price guarantee, and they offer up to $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with a qualifying purchase. And that alone is worth taking the time to place the call. You place the call, you're asking for their free investor's guide, and it doesn't matter if you just want to look to protect your retirement or if you want to have gold in hand, which is a pretty cool feeling, by the way. You call Harvard Gold Group. I'll give you that number. Be ready to jot it down. It's just about time if you don't already have it. Or you can, if you're listening uh, on the podcast, you can go back, rewind this section a few times and listen but jot this down. It's 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. I highly recommend you give them a call. That way you can speak to somebody in person and they can walk you through the important bits of information that you can find out if you're ready to invest in physical gold and silver. Uh, some of you, you may think you, you want to make that move, but you may not quite be there yet. And that's the other great thing about Harvard Gold Group. They'll tell you. I mean, they want to sell you gold. They want to help you get your uh, IRA situated. They want to do these things because that's what they do. But if you're not ready, they will try to help direct you to where you need to focus first. And I don't know of any other gold company that's doing it. And that's another good reason to call them. Now, what will also happen <laughs> is that by calling, they should ask you how you heard about them. Be sure to say tap into the truth or Tim tap, and they will know exactly They'll know exactly where you're coming from. You're a listener of this show, and that will qualify you for an additional $250 of free promotional gold or silver on top of any other promotions that you may be qualified for. That does require, again, a qualifying purchase. But if you're going to go ahead and make the investment, you might as well take full advantage of every bit of free gold and silver that you can get. Why would you not? <laughs> now, you do have another option if you don't want to call. You can just go online to harvardgoldgroup.com. Be sure to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, if you're there. That'll do the same thing. You also can just visit tapintothetruth.com. i uh, got a banner near the top of the page. That'll take you right away. You can click the link in the show description again if you're listening to the podcast. All these things will help get you there. Just make sure that you remember to either give them a call or visit online. One more time, that number, just in case. And I've, I've been talking about it for way too long, so I need to hurry. But that number, just just in case, 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Also, harvardgoldgroup.com is another possibility. But uh, like I said, I highly recommend you give them a call. Okay, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping to the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. 
She's a big high five on the 50-yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. When her long hair's blowing out a roll-down window, my old truck shines like a brand-new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots. She's like an August day when you're bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot. She's fun and free and lets me be me. She's a real cool kind of hot. Yeah, real cool kind of hot. Yes, my fellow Americans, the Maoist revolution in parts of the United States continues unabated. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, Thomas Jefferson stated, quote, we need a revolution every 20 years just to keep the government honest, unquote. But he didn't mean the communist Maoist revolution now being rolled out from sea to shining sea. While New York City is literally being overrun by thugs, both foreign illegals and domestic, New York City government gumps are seriously considering the removal of statues of George Washington and other historical figures as the city is overwhelmed by budget deficits and illegal border crossers taking over the city of New York. So, City Council of New York, with a nod from Mayor Adams, is busy working to quickly remove statues of George Washington. Also, New York City Council is drawing up plans to further drain city taxpayers by forming a reparations task force to consider the impact of slavery for black Americans and give them reparations. That's ironic because not so long ago, Mayor Adams begged his mumbling President Biden for $12 billion to feed, clothe, and give illegals whatever they want. I think we are long overdue for a common sense revolution. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe cusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. 
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yep, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at redballoon.work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett from redballoon.work. Check us out today. Hey, this is Danny Cass, author of The Language of Betterarchy and creator of the top propaganda homeschool course for teens and grown-ups alike. You are listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. <laughs> all right sounds like a little sabotage there at the end of the uh liner all right ladies and gentlemen thank you so very much for staying with me through that break glad to still have you here as always means a lot to me and now it is time to continue on as we were talking about mandatory dei training for the irs part of the reason why that's a problem is because well it would appear that the IRS should be focused more on the fundamentals of their job. Why would I say that, you may ask? Well, possibly because you may have missed this particular headline. A recent Inspector General report found that in some instances, and we're going to put quotations around that, the Internal Revenue Service lacks adequate controls to protect sensitive American taxpayer information from unauthorized access. <laughs> In other words, people who really shouldn't be able to get a hold of your tax information can get a hold of your tax information. An investigation that was conducted by the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration found that some former IRS employees and contracts still had access to certain sensitive systems. Uh, the Inspector General launched the investigation after a former IRS contractor, Charles Littlejohn, leaked tax returns belonging 
2-1 John Donald Trump. Uh, better, I'm sorry, Donald John Trump, actually. <laughs> I'm just trying to mix things up a little bit. You know, the guy who used to be president, uh, some uh, infamous Democrats just say, four to five. Uh, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, that guy, one Donald John Trump, the Donald, the Don you're fired. That guy, yeah, yeah. When Charles Littlejohn released his tax returns that actually still were under audit at the time, uh, Donald Trump was not lying about that. He wasn't releasing them because he was under audit. It would appear he's always under audit, <laughs> at least since he decided to, to try to put an R at the end of his name. Uh, anyway, he didn't just leak the tax returns for Donald Trump. I mean, everybody's talked about that aspect. A lot of people kind of glossed over the fact that he also released the tax returns for thousands of this country's wealthiest individuals. Now, Little John was sentenced earlier this year to five years, ooh, five years in prison after he admitted to stealing the tax information and providing it to media outlets, but uh, that's just the beginning. Because according to the IG's report, the United States House Ways and Means Committee requested the investigation last year following the massive leak of confidential tax information that the IRS is charged with keeping secure. And this all according to a letter from the committee chairman, Jason Smith, a Republican from Missouri. But uh, in a statement, Smith said, quote, Alarm bells should have set off at the IRS when it was discovered that an IRS contractor stole and leaked thousands of individuals' tax returns, including those of President Trump's. Instead, it looks like the agency's done very little in response. The IRS has absolutely no excuse for the failure to protect confidential taxpayer information. Now, I would interject right there, going back to the first segment of today's show, they do have an excuse. Uh, that excuse being that they are too busy attending mandatory DEI training where they're supposed to commit to ending whiteness, uh, commit to the eradication of whiteness. And if you're involved with committing yourself to the eradication of whiteness, you don't have time to make sure that all this sensitive tax information is kept safe. It's just too much to ask of any, uh, how many thousands of agents do they have again? Anyway, so that's where I would interject that little piece of information, but anyway, going back to this report, it explains, quoting here, subsequent to receipt of the chairman's letter, TIGTA agreed to conduct an evaluation addressing how the IRS grants access to and safeguards federal tax information maintained on its various information technology system, <clears throat> the sensitive systems, if you will. 
The IG noted that the, quote, unauthorized access and disclosure of taxpayer information could undermine the taxpaying public's trust in the federal tax system to safeguard confidential tax information, end quote, and allow me to add to that, duh. I mean, seriously, we're literally talking about the acknowledgement that people who had worked for the IRS but who no longer work for the IRS are still capable of using their former credentials to access information that they should not have access to and are able to download said information, are able to distribute it, said information to various media outlets, media outlets that should in fact know that what they are receiving is illegal to have and should not be trafficking in <laughs> what for all intents and purposes can be categorized as stolen property. A property that can certainly be used in the execution of identity theft. Another pretty serious crime. And it doesn't matter if you're actually doing it, if you're engaged in the front end, you certainly could have. We got no way of knowing. Uh, you certainly can't just take the word of someone who is willing to violate the law to that extent to begin with. But then again, maybe they didn't know, right? Maybe when they showed up for orientation, they skipped the part about how confidential information is supposed to be confidential because they were too busy trying to schedule them for their DEI training. Maybe that's what happened. Because I mean, seriously, you can't hold an employee responsible for breaking a rule that they were never actually trained was a rule. And hell yeah, they don't really doesn't work that way with laws, though, does it? Uh, now, a lot of you out there might be, of course, looking at the demographics of the average listener of the show, uh, I'm guessing there are very few. You, you'd have to be a newer listener. But some of you may be too young to have heard the old adage, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Because you see, once upon a time, everyone was led to understand that if you break a law, you're going to pay a consequence for it. Uh, so again, five years seems to be getting off kind of easy on this one, but Anyway, the Inspector General's investigation here, they, they found that the agency grants access through its Business Entitlement Access Request System. Say that ten times fast. The process for employees and contractors is the same. So if you're a regular full-time IRS agent, you can access this system. If you're a contractor and hired on a temporary basis, you can access the system. You're established your credentials. All you have to do is log on. Somebody is actually supposed to have the job of going in and removing access credentials for those individuals that are not currently working for the IRS. Somebody kind of dropped the ball on that, too, evidently. So the probe here, this investigation, it discovered that more than 91,000 users had access to one or more of the 276 
sensitive systems as of July of last year. Over 5,000 of those users just so happen to be short-term contractors. Quoting here, Procedures to systematically remove users who no longer require access to sensitive systems were not always working as intended. Uh, in normal speak for laymans out there, uh, whoever was supposed to take uh, the uh, old stuff out, uh, keep uh, take out the passwords for the people that weren't working for us anymore, uh, they didn't always get around to doing that in a timely fashion. Actually, I'm pretty sure I've already said that. But, as an example in this quote, <clears throat> for example, TIGTA identified 279 users who were listed in the BEARS as separated, who, as of July 13, 2023, continued to have access to at least one IRS-sensitive system. However, for each of these individuals, IRS network access was removed, which, according to the IRS, reduces, but does not eliminate, the risk that a user can access a sensitive system. Uh, that is directly in the report. So again, let, let's, let's take a peek at that number. What, what was that again? 279 users who were no longer actively working for the IRS, but continued to have access to at least one of the sensitive systems. Is it any wonder that identity theft is such an issue? Is it any wonder that if you want to go back into the archives and check this out, that conservative voices like my own here on this show warned from the time of the Obama administration that just hiring part-time uh, IRS agents willy-nilly to help with things like Obamacare and to do other things that really shouldn't have been going through the IRS was only going to lead to increases in identity theft. Is it any wonder that those voices proved to be correct as time has passed and slowly the information has been begrudgingly acknowledged in the hopes that you will have forgotten those discussions from those bygone errors of the Obama administration. It seems like so long ago now, doesn't it? Additionally, though, because there's still more, okay? Additionally, when an employee's or a contractor's background check came back as being not favorable, those individuals were not always removed, uh, meaning that when they finally got around to doing the background checks, for the ones they did background checks on, which clearly was not everybody, again, DEI guys, 
DEI. We can't do background checks on people of color. If we do that, oh, wait, the law requires us to do background check. Okay, well, we'll get around to it, and we might actually take a look at it when it comes back, but we shouldn't act on it if it's a person of color or happens to be a transgender person because that would not be very equitable. Uh, never mind what would be appropriate. It just wouldn't be equitable. So, during the course of this investigation, they found out that not every time this happened, when these people should be terminated immediately, they didn't always get their credentials removed either. So, some of these people that were found to be criminal, possibly even people that had engaged in identity theft in the past, uh, they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to let you go now. Don't worry. You can probably still access these systems for a while, though. So, you know, whatever the real reason you apply for this job, you probably still have some time. <laughs> I, I wish I was making this up. I'm not. Specifically, in this case, there are 19 contractors, most recent background investigations uh, that were not favorable as of July 13, 2023. Again, I'm uh, quoting from the report here. Specifically, 19 contractors, most recent background investigations were not favorable as of July 13. 2023. However, these contractors still retained their access to one or more sensitive systems because the IRS did not take action to suspend or disable the contractors from the IRS systems as required by law. The investigation also noted that the IRS is taking steps to improve the security of its sensitive systems. Well, that's just wonderful. Let's go ahead and close that barn door. Now that the horse is already out running around the whole farm and trampling up the farmer's wife's flower bed and all the good stuff, right? The report also says, however, for some sensitive systems, the IRS does not have adequate controls to detect or prevent the unauthorized removal of data by users. Again, what are we really saying? What are we talking about? We're talking about the IRS collecting every bit of data that they can about you that is required to essentially be you digitally. Literally, the freaking stolen identity bit to a T. They've got it all. And they literally put it in the hands of people they didn't bother to adequately check. They put it in systems that they didn't have adequate security protocols in place. And they also do not have, uh, not did not have, do not have currently at this moment in time, do not have adequate controls to prevent this information, this data from falling into the hands of criminals, the Chinese spies, or your Uncle Bob down the street who is generally kind of cool, but a bit of a drunk, so you never know what he's going to say when he's down at the bar. Hey, generally in the hands of people that can't be trusted with your information. That's all I'm saying, guys. As a result of the probe's findings, the IG made three recommend three 
recommendations to the IRS, including immediately suspending users who receive not favorable background investigations and the timely removal of workers who separate from the agency. That seems reasonable. Will they do it? Well, while the IRS agreed to all of the IG's recommendations, it disagreed with the characterization of the IRS's current security posture. They're like, okay, yeah, um, if, if we get uh, these users that are no longer working, we're going to suspend them from the system. Uh, if we get workers that receive a not favorable background check, uh, we'll suspend them immediately, and we're going to remove those workers from uh, the uh, systems in a timely fashion. Yeah, we're going to do all that. But hey, when it comes to our security, uh, we're top-notch. We've got it under control. The IRS disagreed with any inference that the 19 contractors of the T. IGTA identified compromised sensitive information. All 19 contractors received prior favorable background investigations and 15 contractors were reinstated after resubmitting their documentation. What? You, you got fired because you didn't pass a background check and then somehow you managed, magically managed to get reinstated? What did you... Did you happen to remind somebody that they were failing their DEI training by firing you because you were a transgendered person of color? What are we talking about here? The IRS said that, quote, it already takes steps to remove access when a contractor is identified as not having a favorable background determination. Yeah, but you weren't doing it. The IRS commissioner, Daniel Werfel, testified before a committee last week claiming that the agency has, quote, taken a bunch of actions, <laughs> very specific uh, phrasing, to protect sensitive taxpayer information. Well, we've done a, a, a crap ton of stuff uh, uh, to, you know, protect, because we're the IRS. Uh, Better spend some more time in your DEI training, guys. All right, let's reset the hour. I think I'm actually already running a little long. So if you're listening on the Vera Networks, Doug is probably going to be taking a little snippet of stuff out of here. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here as we dive headlong into hour number two of Tap into the Truth for today. Uh, 
we focused a lot on the IRS in the first hour. Uh, seems appropriate this time of year. Now we're going to focus on more of the DEI type focus that the healthcare world is now engaging in. We'll be doing that, but before we get started with that particular topic, I do need to remind you, hey, uh, are you concerned about what's going to happen when things go a little sideways? Do you have enough food stored, ready to use in the event of an emergency? Uh, I would highly recommend you have at least some of the great tasting, really super cool, mega awesome survival food kits uh, available from Ford Patriots. Look, their preparedness food kits are phenomenal. They're designed to last up to 25 years. Good luck keeping them around that long. Uh, just a small portion of what Four Patriots offers when it comes to the preparedness items that you could use now and that can literally save your life later. Uh, I highly recommend those uh, food kits because they are just really, really good. But I also suggest you check out everything else they offer. Uh, best of all, uh, the folks over at Four Patriots have set aside a page on their site just for listeners of this show. And what happens when you go to that page, which just happens to be fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P, you go there and it will start you out with this week's deals and discounts. Now, you may go there a couple of weeks in a row and things might not have changed up too much. But then again, you may go some weeks and things will change drastically two or three times within that week based on availability, based on selling out of product. So again, it's a good idea to check frequently. Uh, and it is a perfect place if you are new to the preparedness game, just getting started, to see some really great items that are available, uh, some of which may actually be a last chance uh, opportunity that's about to uh, to be out of stock. And the thing is, when Four Patriots runs an item out of stock, sometimes it can take a very long time before it's back in stock. And some of these items may not be restocked, uh, though hopefully they'll be bringing in an upgrade at some point down the road. But you can still get a really good deal on it now, and it still works perfectly fine. You know, good stuff. But uh, if you're new to the game, you're there. If you're ready, if you've got uh, six months worth of these uh, food kits. If you've got a Patriot Power Solar Generator and a Sidekick on backup where you are set and ready, if you've got the big ticket items and you're good to go, then maybe the occasional add-on of a water purifier or some seeds or something like that pops up on a, a sale price, that's a perfect place for you to land to. Anyway, regardless of where you're at, on your preparedness journey, it's a nice place to, to start. And of course, this month, uh, Four Patriots are really pushing the uh, solar power generators. And from that page, you can look at the very top. You'll see banners that you can click on that'll take you there. It's a good time to take full advantage of everything they've got going on. So again, that's fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. That's the number four. Okay, the number four. Do not spell out the word for. It will take you to the wrong place. It is four 
patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. It's good stuff. All right. So, here's another headline you might have missed. Uh, may not have even seen it at all. Not enough coverage on this topic, but it seems to fall right into my wheelhouse, so here we are. <coughs> Excuse me. So, a clinical psychologist with the Department of Veterans Affairs faced retaliation uh, at work after they publicly opposed a gender inclusion policy that allows biological men to access women's medical spaces within the VA. Now, again, this is not at all surprising. It's part of the uh, cram down that the Biden administration has been pushing on literally every part of the federal government. And as we can now see, that includes the VA. Now, thankfully, there are some medical professionals, some folks within these various aspects of the government that are trying to push back. The problem is when they do, they get punished. So back in January, Nita, <coughs> excuse me, Nita, Nina uh, Salander, a primary care psychologist based in Florida, co-authored a VA co-authored with a VA psychologist Edward Waldrop and Catherine Navini. I'm probably butchering that last name, but uh, they co-authored this op-ed critiquing the department's decision to begin enforcing in earnest a 2018 policy that allows males who identify as women access to the female exam rooms and restrooms. Now, these three got together and they argued that the VA's adoption of gender ideology, which is in keeping with official White House policy, well, that robs female veterans of many physical and legal protections. Now, appealing to a combined 44 years of professional experience, much of it focused on sexual trauma recovery, the trio said that the policy would put the safety of female veterans, some of whom may be victims of sexual abuse, into jeopardy. Uh, quote here, we know that the perpetrators of sex crimes are usually male. We view this VA policy as a betrayal of our female patients. Now, Waltrip, whose wife is an active duty lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army and whose daughter is currently considering military service, has worked with many female military sexual trauma survivors. Quoting here again, uh, there's women that I've worked with who would be afraid to come into the VA clinic itself, be afraid to sit in the waiting room because of being around other male veterans. Now, he said this talking to the National Review today in an interview, uh, continuing, now to say you don't have privacy in a bathroom? You don't have privacy in a locker room. And if you go into a locker room and you have living quarters and a biological male says he's a female and you complain 
the female leads. <laughs> so, despite this, despite the effort to inject common sense, that despite the effort to try to stand up to the policy in an effort to try and protect traumatized female veterans, people who have been the victim of sexual trauma, who are still dealing with this, who are still at the front end of trying to cope and trying to heal, they make a very cogent, and rational point, which is probably part of why it would make no sense to anyone in the Biden administration, but that's what they did. So 10 days after this op-ed was published, Salander's direct report delivered a memorandum removing her from her role as a psychologist. It was effective almost immediately. Salander was supervised until her departure from the office, meaning that she had somebody with her over her shoulder watching every little thing she did until she actually left the building. Now, this is standard VA procedure when a staff member is detailed. Uh, pleasant word for saying that you're being removed from your current post. We're not going to have you doing this job anymore. Essentially fired from that position. Just not fired, fired, if you know what I mean. Now, after she was pulled from her position, Salander was subject to an investigation related to patient safety and care concerns. In other words, they tried to make it look like she was the one who was violating the confidence and security of her patients. They tried to make it look like she did not belong in the realm of psychiatric care, period. Not just for the VA, but anywhere, and possibly guilty of a crime. This is what she was accused of for simply saying, we should not let men who identify as women into these female safe spaces. That's all this paper said, and this was reasoned to be concerned about the safety and the care of her patients. She said in a different interview to National Review, quote, I had never had a patient complaint before. It wasn't like there was some sort of pattern of problematic professional behavior. Salander said that she had never, that she was never told how long the investigation would take, but she was reinstated just recently. During the suspension, Salander couldn't communicate with any of her colleagues or contact any patients that she had seen. Her cases were reassigned to colleagues for follow-up. The next day, Salander was reassigned to administrative data entry. On February 6th of this year, 
The VA scheduled office hours for staff to air their grievances about the op-ed, but the meeting was subsequently canceled. Quoting again, it made me feel uncomfortable as an employee. Granted, the op-ed is in the public domain, but I wasn't trying to draw people's attention to it, especially at work. Now, Waltrip, uh, one of the co-authors and a psychologist at Rocky Mountain Regional VA Medical Center in Denver, was out for training when the joint piece went live. When he came back to work, he walked into a barrage of backlash in a VA group chat that he belonged to that's dedicated to LGBT matters. After some back and forth, Waltrip was kicked out of the chat in early February. You know, cancel, cancel culture. We we can't have you here. We can't have you actually try to protect women from a stupid policy pretending that uh, the biology of XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes uh, aren't pretty much immutable and unchangeable. Well, we have to pretend like that's not the case. Next story that I'm going to talk about shows you how far these people are willing to go to pretend like that's not the case, but I'm not there yet. As far as the two understood, they didn't break any of the VA's rules in publishing this commentary. It's generally permissible for federal employees to write on topics of public concern. In their professional time, it's one thing. But in their personal time, they're free to express their personal opinions. And on information that is publicly available, there's no reason for them not to comment about it. There's no reason for them to be treated as if they have somehow done a horrible, terrible, very no good thing. They're literally a half a shade away from being called Donald Trump here. And we know how these lefties think of Trump, who will literally say that Trump is literally Hitler, as if they clearly do not know what the word literally means. Waldrop and Salinger said that they met the criteria and were not attempting to represent the VA institutionally. They included in their article the disclaimer that, quote, views expressed here are not necessarily those of the VA, which if you have to put that up there, it tells you that you're already trying to walk on eggshells. So you are probably holding back. You probably were pulling your punches instead of throwing the punches you should have been. Because I can tell you right now, uh, when I'm on the live show and we're broadcasting on the K-Star Talk Radio Network and Liberty Talk FM and ZMA Radio uh, and even on the Vera Networks, although uh, they're a little more open to, to the variety, there are statements on the websites that clearly tell you that the views expressed by the host 
are their views and not necessarily those of the networks. That's reasonable. It's okay for them to say it. If you have to say, uh, if I literally stood here and got here behind this microphone and said, guys, uh, the views I'm about to express aren't necessarily my views, then I'm not focused on the right things and probably shouldn't be saying it anyway. Say the truth. If you're going to take up for your patients, then take up for them. Clearly, if you're uh, commenting on a policy that's being implemented by the VA, then you're not on board with it, but it's also clearly not the view of the VA. So I don't see why that line is helpful unless you want to draw attention to the absurdity of it. But long before the group's editorial debut on the issue, Waldrop had been penalized by his outpatient mental health clinic for challenging the VA's incorporation of DEI. The tug of war began almost two years ago after his facility announced racially segregated trauma groups. After objecting to this, Waltrip said that he was pulled into a three-hour fact-finding, a type of administrative investigation for the VA. What facts were they finding? Uh, did you end up being racist, Mr. Waltrip? Were you racist according to the VA? Uh, maybe just subconsciously, though, which is why they let you keep your job. They didn't fire you, but you had to be reprimanded for your uh, subconscious racism. The VA stripped Waldrop of his ability to supervise students. Can't let you affecting the minds of the next generation. They prohibited him from doing uh, different uh, types of training with rotations from the attendants that were meeting where the students were present. It's like, nope, if the students are around, you cannot do this. Uh, he told National Review, quote, all because I questioned DEI. I was retaliated against then. I was basically censored, cut off from speaking at different meetings. Now, Walter's facility rescinded the fact-finding against him in December after he pursued an investigation for abuse of authority. Since reporting a hostile work environment, Walter has been readying a complaint with the VA's Equal Opportunity Office. As for the VA's adoption of gender ideology, Salander said, quote, it's really not a matter of questioning people who authentically believe that they are transgender, but biological men who have predatory uh, predispositions can use the policy as a way of accessing and taking advantage of biological women. How do we know this? Because it's happened several times across the country, and it keeps being brushed under the rug, swept up under that rug, because the legacy media doesn't want to talk about anything that is in adversarial juxtaposition to the narrative. As for comments, the VA referred to a January press conference with VA Secretary McDonough 
who answered questions about the op-ed. Quoting from that, We hold ourselves to the standard that we lay out in the V-signal, the survey, which really seeks to ensure in every engagement that a veteran gets timely access, that the treatment the veteran receives is effective, and third, and importantly, in regards to this question, that every veteran feels respected and treated with the dignity that they've earned. So that's what I say to all our veterans, irrespective of identification or orientation. So a fancy way of answering by not answering, because that's not an answer. And beyond that, it's clearly a lie. What you said there is you're not treating every veteran with dignity, certainly not the dignity that they've earned, if you are continuing to push forward with a policy that will require biological females to share the same spaces with biological males just because the male says they're female. If the plumbing is different, then the private spaces should be different. If you believe that you're a woman when you're not, you deserve every same bit of treatment and concern and respect and all the other bits of human to human dignity that should be showed someone who served the country. There's no question there. But should you be in the same locker room, the same bathroom, the same shower as a biological female, especially one who might actually still be recovering from sexual violence trauma? The answer is no. I mean, there should not be a question of that. It should not require anyone having to explain to you that no, no is the answer. I mean, you can make an argument that it shouldn't be happening at all, regardless of what the biological female is being treated for, but if she has been a victim of sexual trauma, then no. I'm sorry. Your rights do not supersede her rights, your right to be accepted, your right to go wherever you wish, your right to be seen as who you see yourself as, all well and good, but it doesn't supersede her right to privacy. A right that once upon a time, the left very much wanted to, to buy into and pretend that meant that that allowed women to murder pre-born baby humans, but a right that should be extended in a medical uh, environment. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. After all, we have laws in place that are designed to protect your medical information. It is absolutely absurd. Now, regarding the right of Salander and Waltrip to voice their concerns in an op-ed. Uh, again, this is what the secretary said during this particular interview. <clears throat> Quote, 
We do not require our employees to choose between their conscience and their career. And so that is the case. 365, 24-7. Which means they're very much in danger in a leap year. Uh, <laughs> we're coming up really close to that one extra day in February, so look out then, guys. I think he told you when you're getting fired. Anyway, having had transgender veterans as patients, Salandar said that the urgency in the field to diagnose veterans with gender dysphoria ignores potential psychological comorbidities. One thing we learn very well is to do a very thorough clinical assessment, be it through a diagnostic interview, administering different objectives, psychometric tests, and really carefully consideration of differential diagnoses. Chronic PTSD or borderline personality disorder or bipolar, sometimes these conditions at base value appear very different. But when you ask more questions, that's when you can start differentiating. And to do so is important because the best evidence-based treatment is different depending on the condition. Now, kid, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to this quote. I'm reading it to you and I'm telling you, this sounds like a cogent, professional, well-thought-out discipline that should be practiced by all psychiatrists and psychologists that are dealing with somebody in these situations. This Medical discovery process is suspended when it comes to gender. Because to question someone's self-professed gender identity is, as activist claims, to deny their existence. Except that's not really true, is it? Uh, if you walk up to me as uh, uh, Jeremy uh, the Dude, who wants to be called Jenny the Chick... And I say, Jeremy, you're a dude. I'm acknowledging that you exist, just that this identity of yours may not necessarily coincide with reality. That's not denying your existence. Anyway, uh, back to quoting, the environment of ideological conformity is palpable. This from uh, Waldrop, by the way. People are afraid to speak up. This is not only bad because I don't like DEI, but this is also bad because this has the potential negative impact for healthcare. Potential negative? I I'm I've been screaming on this show for a while now that it has a definite negative impact on medical health care. Now, Waldrop said that he's heard some veterans say that they feel dismissed by the psychologist at the VA, that they confide in Waldrop, a Purple Heart recipient himself because he's a veteran. Uh, a psychologist recently hired in Waldrop's department said that her favorite pastime was, quote, dismantling the patriarchy. Well, that's a heck of a favorite pastime, considering you should be smart enough to know that the patriarchy is not 
what you were hired to deal with, so it has no place in your work environment. What kind of care are veterans getting now? A question that Walter asked. Most of the veterans are males. Are you here as a political activist, or do you care what the veterans are coming to you for? Great question, and I think we'll be answering this with the uh, obvious VA under the Biden administration doesn't give a rat's backside. Not one little iota about the type of care these veterans are getting. All right, quickly, I'm running past the halfway point of this hour, too. Uh, so, real quick, I do want to ask you, have you thought any at all about using physical gold or silver as a hedge against inflation, as a way of protecting your retirement, uh, maybe just as a way of having something of value if the dollar becomes worthless? If you've thought about it, but you don't know where to start uh, stockpiling and investing and uh, and doing all the things you need to do to have those protections, then I want to send you to the premier conservative gold company, the company that I trust, that I've done business with, that is essentially my gold company. I'm talking about Harvard Gold Group. Look, they're Better Business Bureau approved uh, with five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy, easy to sell. They've got a low price guarantee. And they do offer up to $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchases. That alone is worth placing a phone call to find out what's involved to get that extra. Okay. Give them a call as soon as you can to get their free investor's guide. It doesn't matter if you're looking to protect your retirement or if you just want to have gold in hand. Either way, call Harvard Gold Group. That number is 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. But I highly recommend you just give them the call because you can talk to a person. Then you can get your questions answered. And even if you do go online, they're going to ask if they can call you. Because, again, there's so much information, so much easier to help you understand one-on-one -on -one conversation. Right? Just remember, if you do call. Mention tap into the truth or mention Tim Tap. They'll know who you're talking about. Uh, they're supposed to ask you how you heard about them. If they don't, be sure to say, hey, by the way, I heard about you guys from tap into the truth. <clears throat> the upside there is that we'll also qualify you for an additional $250 of free, $250 worth of free gold or silver. Part of the promotion on top of any other promotional stuff you may be qualifying for. Again, does require a qualifying purchase, but if you're going to make the investment, take full advantage of what's offered. All right, so let me give you that number again. That number, if you haven't jotted it down yet, here's your last chance today. Otherwise, listen to the podcast, rewind it. You'll get it that way. 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can, as we said, go to harvardgoldgroup.com. Uh, be sure to use, at that point, promo code TAPP. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Rod Eccles, and you're listening to Tap Into the Truth with Tim Tapp. American taxpayers have paid over $20 billion over the last two years on refugee and illegal entrance assistance. And for what? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. According to a report from the OpenBooks.com, we the people have been paying for many services for law-breaking illegal border crossers, including legal assistance, medical screening, housing assistance, leftist cultural orientation, work authorization, public benefits application, government school enrollment, mental health services, cash support, and Medicaid access. Meanwhile, many thousands of U.S. military veterans are left without adequate housing, food, and medical assistance. Yet, Parent Agency Administration of Children and Families received $2.9 billion in support for Afghani entrants. And what I have shared with you is a small fraction of the orchestrated invasion of the United States of America. My fellow Americans, either we work together to save our exceptional nation or be doomed to misery and injustice for all. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to find out where. Go to theronedwards.com. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. 
They say I gotta wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yep, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at redballoon.work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett's from redballoon.work. Check us out today. I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Love is like oxygen, but you know what's not like oxygen? Expecting the left to make sense. Okay, well, that's definitely not like oxygen. It's not like anything because it's just dumb to expect it. Okay, let me give you another example. We talked a little bit about how the VA was treating uh, these folks for, you know, trying to protect some of their patients and also trying to interject a little common sense. Well, to show you how badly it's needed and the fact that it's not just the United States that's having these issues, a British trust that supervises a number of hospitals, uh, well, they issued a letter recently and, and, man, I couldn't believe this when I first saw it. But they issued a letter claiming that milk, do do you know where I'm going with this, milk produced by biological men uh, with the aid of hormones, of course, uh, is as good for babies as breast milk from their mothers. You know, you can't make this stuff up legitimately. This, This is a thing... That actually has happened. Dr. Rachel James, the medical director of the University of Sussex Hospitals, NHS Trust, which was the first British trust to use terms like chest feeding and birthing person. Well, she wrote a letter last August to an organization called Children of Transitioners, in which she claimed that the term human milk, which she called the ideal food for infants, is meant to be neutral and is not gender-based. Not gender-based, not gender-biased, not gender-whatever, neutral, you say? 
how? Well, here's how. She also said that, quote, medications are sometimes used to induce lactation, similar to the natural hormones which encourage lactation to develop when the baby is newly born, although occasionally some people are able to induce lactation lactation without hormonal treatment. The evidence which is available demonstrates that the milk is comparable to that produced following the birth of a baby. She also added that, quote, staff further clarify that the term human milk is meant to be neutral and is not gender biased. Okay... So that's a lot of funky ways of saying that we can use medication to make biological males who have had hormone treatments and developed uh, female-appearing breasts can then be hormonally manipulated into producing something akin to breast milk. Of which they are now claiming that it's just as good for the baby as actual breast milk. And I'm sorry, I know somebody from the left's going to say, how dare you pretend like it's not the same. I'm not pretending it's not the same. If you require hormonal treatments to make it happen, when you are not biologically female, then it's not a normal, natural occurrence. You are manipulating the body into doing things that it wasn't built to do. Well, then how could it do it if it wasn't built to do <sighs> Okay, let's move on. <laughs> the USHT cited a 2022 study which measured infant milk testosterone concentrations and discovered, quote, no observable infant side effects on the babies using milk from biological men, lactating transgendered women. That study was reportedly rejected by expert, according to reports from the Daily Mail, probably for good reason. In 2021, the USHT created Great Britain's first clinical and language guidelines supporting trans and non-binary birthing people, in which it declared, without the evidence, that <laughs> asserted that men who had taken hormones produced milk comparable to that produced following the birth of a baby. Now, again... How exactly are you defining comparable? Uh, everything is comparable to a degree because really all you're saying is that you can compare them. It's comparable, it's comparable, it's the same word, right? Uh, the left likes to kind of lose that. So what is your point of comparison here? Uh, does it look like human milk? Okay, maybe it does look kind of like it. Does that mean it is? Not necessarily. Uh, what are the nutrients? Did you actually do the breakdown? Because, again, with everything I read about this, 
I have yet to see the first clinical breakdown of the nutritional value of what is in this so-called male milk. Anyway, Lottie Moore, the head of quality and identity, quality and identity, really? Anyway, the head of quality and identity at Policy Exchange, which discovered the letter, said, quote, this letter is unbalanced and naive in its assertion that the secretions produced by a male on hormones can nourish an infant in the way a mother's breast milk can. A child's welfare must always take precedence over identity politics and contested belief systems that are not evidence-based. The NHS should not be indulging in this nonsense. So, Lottie Moore, my hat is off to you. <laughs> Head of Equality and Identity at Policy Exchange, regardless of the position you hold, your opinion is more than opinion. It's freaking common sense. Unbalanced, yes. Naive, uh, not really. Uh, there's nothing naive about it. They don't actually believe this. They're just trying to force other people to agree whether they want to or not. It's all about breaking your spirit. It's about controlling your mind. It's about telling you, uh, uh, putting you in a torturous situation and shining four lights uh, at you overhead and asking you repetitively over the course of days, weeks, uh, how many lights there are. And every time you say four, uh, you're told, no, there are three. And they're not going to let you out of this scenario until you give them the answer they want. They're trying to convince you there are three lights, even though they know there's four. That's what this is. There's nothing naive about it. It's about an effort to control everyone else. Now, a spokesperson for the USHT said, quote, <clears throat> We stand by the facts of the letter and the cited evidence supporting them. Only what evidence was cited? Hello, uh, we are saying that uh, we were able to produce something that looked like human milk. Okay, well, you can stand by that because perhaps it did look like them, but what's the support? I mean, I was sure. Oh, we we stand by the facts of the letter. No, well, what what parts of the letter had facts that these people, with proper application, well, I would actually say improper application of hormones, can produce something akin to lactation? Uh, okay, well, that's a fact. It doesn't mean that it's healthy for the child, it doesn't mean that breastfeeding, uh, I'm sorry, chest feeding, uh, is appropriate in both scenarios. All it means is that these people are willing to go to great, great extremes to try to force this idea, to try to force this agenda on people. 
This is what we're going to do here in the UK. And I guarantee you that there's somebody in California and New York right now that are trying to figure out how they're going to make it happen here. How do we make Medicare pay for that? Uh, how do we make taxpayers pay for that? How, how do we go about doing this? Because this is a thing we should be doing. No, it's not. Dr. Rachel James, the medical, the medical director of the University of Sussex Hospital's NHS Trust, a.k.a. USHT, Dr. James should probably have her license to practice medicine revoked. She may be a fantastic doctor, may be capable of doing great and miraculous things in the field of medicine that she practices, but as long as she's writing letters that say that, oh, this right here, uh, th this is just as good for the baby as actual human milk from the breastfeeding from the female who happens to be the mother kind of scenario. No. Yes, of course, medications are sometimes used to induce lactation. Oh, no, that doesn't mean there might occasionally be a situation where uh, a actual biological female requires some type of medical coaxing in the event of a disorder or in the event that uh, the body doesn't uh, react normally. That doesn't mean that, well, uh, this should equate automatically to doing the same thing for biological males that identify as female. No, this whole thing, you're, you're indulging in a fantasy that's not healthy. You're indulging in a situation where there is more than likely some underlying psychological comorbidity that needs treatment that puts this person at risk, but you refuse to acknowledge that because if you say that's the case, then the whole bubble just gets popped right there. You burst the whole bubble. The left can no longer pretend like this group of people is so special. If somebody needs legitimate psychological help, they should be getting it, and that help should be freely offered. If somebody is trying to raise a child in an environment where they don't even know what sex they are, no medical professional should be offering up any type of hormonal treatment that is only going to further complicate the issue. And saying that a biological male can produce breast milk and feed a child from it, and it be as healthy and as normal as anything else, proves that they have lost complete touch with anything resembling reality. It is unacceptable that people are behaving like this. It is further unacceptable that this is the current state of the medical profession. Now, this is happening in the UK, but we have seen, we know that this kind of behavior is taking place 
all throughout the United States, too. Right here in Tennessee, freaking Vanderbilt uh, University Hospital was doing transgendered stuff until Matt Walsh showed up and started proving it, and then they denied it. We've seen this in other medicals and children hospitals throughout the country, various systems, not just in the areas that are controlled by the Democratic Blues, but also in places that are supposed to be under the control of Republican red, people who are supposed to have common sense, people who are supposed to be able to look reality square in the eye and say, well, that might suck, but at least we know it's true. We know it's real. We know that truth is an objective thing. It's not subjective, although some people's experiences may be subjective. Actual truth is objective. We now have children who are at risk of surgical mutilations and chemical castrations because we have politicians who don't have the common sense to express some actual human decency, to actually express the compassion that comes from tough love and not just well, we're going to pretend like whatever your fantasy is, uh, we'll go along with it. And it doesn't matter if you're showing signs of some other underlying mental illness. Uh, you'll be fine. Just remember to keep voting for us, kids. Morons. Anything to try and hold on to power. And they are moronic. And they do not care who they hurt. At some point... Boys and girls, we have got to step up and put an end to it. We need to vote out the morons or we need to send the message. And God bless every one of these truckers that is refusing to deliver loads into New York as a result of this ridiculousness directed at Donald Trump. Because the people will not change their voting patterns and their thinking patterns until they actually pay a price for what they've been supporting all along. That's why it's been so uh, such a great teaching moment that places like New York and Illinois and, and uh, certain parts of Pennsylvania have had to deal with the massive influx of illegal migrants. They're getting a taste of what it is they've actually been supporting, and they realize that it's probably not a good thing. This is one of those scenarios. This is not a good thing. All right, that's going to have to be it for today. Thank you so very much for being here, as always. I do greatly appreciate it. Remember to tune in for the live show upcoming. Uh, check us out live uh, on the Vera Networks or on Liberty Talk FM, uh, K-Star Talk Radio Network, ZMA Radio, or just check out the podcast after the fact. Either way, uh, thank you much for being there. Do not miss them. Do always have great guests. And uh, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely. Don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Just a little.
say gun control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family using both hands Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.